That's uh, Inner City Blues, Make Me Wanna Holler, from the Marvin Gaye album What's Going On, which is uh, John Fardy's choice for the cultural toolbox this week. John Fardy, what's going on? <sighs> I have a bit of a cold, actually. But let's not talk of things like that now where we're in the presence of, quite literally, greatness. Uh, this album. is received as one of, and regularly ranked yeah. as one of the top ten albums of all time. Yeah, and I mean, it was number six, I think, in Rolling Stone. Which, their, their list, if you ever look at these lists, and they're, they're out a lot, but I, I think the Rolling Stones one, the top 500 albums of all time, is actually a pretty good one. I think they got a lot of it right on the money at that time. It was a while ago. But anyway, we digress. Marvin Gaye was this guy who was a product of the Motown system, right? And you see, Motown, in a weird kind of way, began to resemble all other record companies that it was set up to be the one for black people and black artists like the Jackson Fives and Diana Ross and even before that. But it, it turned into, you know, a studio system just like all the other ones that people used to complain about, you know, like the Brill Building and stuff like that. So you had acts like Marvin Gaye Towards the end of the mid-60s, great hits like, you know, I heard it on the grapevine and Too Busy Think About Anyone But My Baby and he was singing with Tammy Terrell. But he got to a point where he said, you know, this this isn't me. I'm I'm, I'm a puppet on a he string. He was deeply unhappy, wasn't he? Yeah. Deeply unhappy because he, he had so much more to give, you know. I mean, he was Motown's John Lennon in a way. He really was. And not that he needs that comparison. And, you know, he... he, he by his own admission, some depression. His singing partner, uh, Tammy Terrell, who he'd done a lot of duets with and was very close to. Yeah, a lot of drugs as well. Yes, that 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 came. She uh, had a terrible brain hemorrhage or tumor, I should say. And his own marriage. He was married to uh, Barry Gordy's sister, who was the head of Motown Records. That was in wind down. So, uh, allayed with all that, his brother his actual brother, was coming back from Vietnam. So he had this whole sense of 69, 70s, of like the 60s being over and and the hangover was starting. And he was looking around the world going, quite literally, what's going on? Mm. And he came up with this beautiful, era-defining, music-changing album and a song cycle called What's Going On. And it really is nine songs of, of brilliance. And if you haven't heard it before, you're in for a treat. You really are. Yeah, the song, the, the, the title track, yeah. What's Going On, that sort of came first and the album was yeah. kind of built built around that. Yeah. And, and the Motown executive, oh, I think it was Barry Gordy, Barry Gordy. He, he hated it. Oh, he, he despised it. And you know, this is what I was saying about Motown becoming like all the other things. Then immediately when they... Got, managed to get it out and it sold out he was like quick we need more copies like he became one of those business music yeah then he came, said, Let, let's make an album out yeah, of it yeah exactly you can do whatever you want yeah, yeah. You, you free reign but that song was interesting because it came from actually one of the singers in the four tops or one of the musicians in the four tops had seen a policeman in 69 I think or 70 beating up a kid who was protesting in Berkeley against the Vietnam War and kind of had this four line thing all about what's going on and showed it to Marvin Gaye and this whole thing fell into place for him. He found the right outlet for what was going on with him kind of emotionally and also musically. He wanted to change it up and you know, Soul music in R&B, not that there hadn't been protest songs in, in black music and I mean there's a lot of that in the blues but in a way this was the first, or, or there had been Curtis Mayfield and stuff, but the most important kind of protest song by a black artist and protest yeah. album. We, we should credit, Al, was it Al Cleveland, I think, who wrote the 
a lot of the song. I think he said something like, we fitted him up for the suit and Marvin Gaye tailored it. I think yeah, was, was yeah and it, a lot of that is lost in the sands of, you know, the great songwriting debacles, who wrote what and how much of that was done and stuff. But he had a huge part in it, but so did Marvin Gaye as well. And I mean, it yeah, was... He a, added, yeah, he added it, a it is a Marvin Gaye. I think he said album. he tailored the hell out of it. So in other yeah, words, he, yeah, he, was, is, he was certainly giving him a yeah. lot of credit. Um, yeah, look, sure, look, let's let's have it because it is, it, it is the standout song of the album, not just because it's the, the title track, but it, as it sets the tone for the whole album is the opening track. Let's have a listen to it. It's a great song. Um, it, what gets me is his voice. He's he's the, well, almost the proto Michael Jackson. I hope that won't offend Marvin Gaye fans. But Michael Jackson had this ability to convey rhythm and also a sweetness in his voice. And but Marvin Gaye had that beforehand. I mean, you you can hear the rhythm in his actual voice and the intonation. It's also the kind of the, the, it's interesting because it's just kind of split vocals on or something. Yeah, they, you see, he, he wanted a couple of takes of his voice and then one night one of those fortuitous, you know, music things happened where he happened to hear the two of them spliced together almost by accident and he said, that's how I want it to sound. So it was almost by accident. He got and a lot of it was by accident because wasn't there a, isn't there a famous saxophone uh, The guy was saxophone indeed, <laughs> solo. steady now. Uh, where it's all this R and B, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he, the guy thinks he's just jamming, and then he goes, "That's it. That's perfect." And he says, "I was just goofing off." And, and he said, "You goof exquisitely." Yeah, which was, you know, he, he was such a cool guy, Marvin Gaye. Yeah, and I mean, some of the, you know, it was recorded in ten days or something like that. That adds to the mystique of it, like Astral Weeks or something yeah. like that. That it was the right. A, place a fair bit of marijuana right and a fair bit of um, whiskey, I think, was absolutely, in absolutely. There's, there's, there's legendary stories about that. Yeah, the themes that run yeah. throughout it I mean it's not just it's not just a Vietnam War no. it's kind of it's it's unemployment it's housing it's, it's race the environment even the I mean, environment even I before mean, before the Green Party even I mean <laughs> well, uh, Mercy Mercy Me is, is regarded as the first ever green song and as if you know people didn't know what that was in brackets it's actually called the ecology yeah and they, didn't they have to explain Barry Gordy didn't know didn't what the know ecology what he, was he was yeah. horrified that you know he's like some physics professor was going to make an album and you know it, it you know green issues weren't really thought of there wasn't you know the, the, the term green didn't exist no. in that sense it meant something else so yeah and there's there's, there's there's drug use you know heroin flying high in the Friendly Skies is a great song all about the plight of heroin in black communities and that was a famous phrase of I think it was American Airlines or one of the big airlines at the, at the time flying high in the Friendly Sky you know so it was very clever in terms of what was going on then and you have to remember this was 70s America where like and you probably know more about this than me but we It'd only be four years later that, you know, there was that famous headline and I think it was the New York Times, four to New York, drop dead. Like black communities particularly, but but urban America 
was on its knees mm. and, and the urban experiment had failed. And when you listen to this, you're just, you, you, even though it wasn't recorded in New York, you're, it's like you're in the Bronx listening to it, you know? It's just, it, it, that, that's the beauty of this. It takes you to a distinct place in time, you know? Uh, it is a quintessentially American album. I was, yeah, I was, absolutely. I was looking at, actually, it was a huge instant commercial hit yeah. in the States not for example in Britain and, and not so much no. elsewhere and you know obviously in, in years to come it yeah. would become a huge commercial success across, across the world but this was a very much an American album oh, and yeah. uh, well, I, was, I was going to say uh, um African American uh, uh, album, but no, it, it no, isn't. It's it, it's a, it's kind of a protest album. Yeah, and, and and I mean, you know, musical lines were clearly divided back in the seventies, but it broke across that, and it was it, it was did. a popular yeah, yeah. hit. It wasn't just on, on the black charts and stuff like that, because there w- there was no arguing with it. And of course, you know, he was, you know, it might might sound a bit wishy washy, but although there's the element of race, he was singing fundamentally about the American dream, black or white. And as I say, that hangover from the 60s where it had all kind of peace and love hadn't quite worked out, you know? Um, you know I like to always have a little... Yes, I, I, I'm surprised we got this far. You were going to say, is it dated or just lay it on? Has your wife listened to it? Because she's usually the great, you know, <laughs> curator of these she, conversations. She, we didn't have time to ah, listen to it okay. extensively this week. <laughs> if, if I did have a, a quibble, yeah. it would be... I, I found the whole album kind of... I, I, some of the songs kind of go on a little bit I mean there's one um, which one is it I can't remember it goes on for 7 it, minutes yeah, right on yeah. right on Yeah, 7.30 actually yeah, I, yeah right on was a bit went on and on I thought it was, right. one or, it was one or two that kind of meandered a little bit if I was mm. being picky mm. I you know I'm, I'm probably I'm not I, I, I'm not Probably giving a terribly great critical analysis of this because I'm I'm so in love with it. It was a joy listening to this, and I I had it on. We rarely mention my wife, and she's an equally important part of this relationship of ours. <laughs> but she was she'd never really heard this, and she was going, "This is brilliant." And I mean, she's a, a child of the eighties and the nineties, you know. She, she and she just thought that this was incredible, and she didn't really know who Marvin Gaye was. And, this, it's and his such voice. a sumptuous sound. Yeah, to it exactly. Well, you know? and, and and there's funk in it as well, and it just bit of jazz it also, yeah, and, and and orchestration and stuff like that. And I, I, you know, I keep coming back to it, but I just think his voice it, it's it's not celebrated enough. And you know, in a weird kind of way, I mentioned Michael Jackson. But had it not been for him going out on a limb like this, there would be no late Stevie Wonder or late Michael Jackson. There never would have been a Thriller album because all those Motown acts were conditioned to... Like, there was almost... Uh, after you submitted an album, you, you put it to a committee in Motown and you they had to say, yeah, this works, this doesn't work. Like, that's the way it worked, you know? Um, so there would be none of those... There would be no modern R&B, in a way, if it wasn't for this album. Okay, Um Great album. You listen to it, you can't help but think of the tragedy that just, what, oh, yeah. uh, 13 years later, he... He was he... shot by his father, for, for people who don't know, and, and the, the details are sketchy. The domestic dispute, his his side of it, his father's, was that he was on drugs and something happened around there. That. A tragedy. An utter tragedy. In, and I mentioned John Lennon, I hate to bring him up again, but in that same Not kind of way. Not a similar age, I no, think, No, and, well. and he, he still had so much to give. I mean, you know, the later song, Sexual Healing and stuff like that, that was getting yeah no absolutely but you I mean, can't that, that was boring like some of that stuff was kind of boring on sleaze I thought yeah yeah and you should see the video with the doctor yeah. and it's not good but you know you you know I'm sure John Lennon and I hate to say he might have ended up you know I don't know 
doing a spilling image song or God knows what might have happened there, there could have been missteps but I imagine Marvin Gaye would have had some great music again after that you know because mm. he was he was too big a talent not to you know okay uh, it's a that is a it is a great album. And it's important for any of the kids listening because a lot of people only know Marvin Gaye now of a certain generation because of that song. Let's Marvin Gaye and get it on. This is who Marvin Gaye actually is. Okay, good stuff. Maybe we'll get your wife and my wife next week to do the cultural toolbox. Bring a bit of sense hubba, to proceedings. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> All right. Uh, John Farley, uh, as ever, uh, thanks for thank coming you. to us. Great choice for the, for the cultural toolbox. That's our lot for this week. Just time for me to thank Stephen Jordan who produced, Aidan McKelvey who researched. Off the Ball is up next. We're going to play out with uh, the first first green song the first pro environment song probably ever in the uh, the history of music mercy mercy me the brackets the, the ecology, ecology. <laughs> have a great Sunday Whoa, oh mercy mercy me all oh, things ain't what they used to be now, now where did all the blue skies go poison is the wind that blows from the north and south and south. Oh, mercy, mercy, me. All things ain't what they used to be now. Oil wasted on the oceans and upon our seas. Fish full of mercury. Oh, mercy, mercy, me. Underground and in the sky Animals and birds who live nearby Lives Oh, mercy, mercy, me All things and what they use to be What about this overcrowded land? How much more we use from men? Can't you stand?